Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I was wondering at what point I should start thinking about establishing a trust and what are the pros and cons to having a trust. And provides unbiased answers. Well, it depends how complex your estate is, really. Invest Talk. Over 31 million downloads and counting. What do you think of Walmart as a long-term home? Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, April 30th, 2021. And on today's program and podcast, we will operate with the same philosophy we operate every day independent thinking and shared success. And that is your assurance that we will always provide you with accurate market reporting. Uh, explanations of how we derive at what we say, where it comes from, and how we get it. We'll explain everything we can. So if you want that information, then we can provide it. You know, we do this every day. I've been doing it every day for 20-something years. So, so, you know, we've been doing it for so long with the same philosophy that, you know, comes second nature to us. So sometimes we may explain things that might be more complex than we we think it is. So please please hold our feet to the fire to have us explain things because we want to make sure it's clear to you. I'm Steve Peasley, and, of course, I encourage you to give me a call. This is a call-in show with all your investment questions. Anything money-related, we'll talk about. And you drive the show. Wherever you want it to go, that's where we go, as long as it's financial in nature. We're live right now. We're always live Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Justin Klein and I switch off uh, doing the show. Um, and the number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. You can call that number live right now. We'll answer the call. Or you can call after the show or before the show. Leave your question, and we'll try to get to it on the as fast as we can. So let's go ahead and get right to the first question, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Sade from Canada. I have a question regarding the ticker symbol SHW, Serving William Company. I'm trying to get into this one, but just looking for the right entry point and what is your take on the long term. Thank you so much. I'll listen to your response on the podcast. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Okay, SHW, Sherwin-Williams Company. Out of Cleveland, Ohio, operates 4,774 paint coating stores in the U.S., Canada. Uh, expands, expanding, uh, base, it usually expands about 2% a year, its number of stores. So it's constantly opening new stores. Earnings are going to be up 13% this year, 10% next year. Obviously, uh, with an expanding economy, this is a very economically sensitive type company. With an expanding economy, with a housing market, uh, the new home construction, huge increases, uh, it's done very well. Now, it's going to make $10.22 next year. The stock is $273. So it's a, what, 27, 28 PE, and that's pretty expensive. Has a great return on equity, 59, 58%. 
Great cash flow doesn't pay much of a dividend, eight tenths of one percent. But the stock has already made a huge move. So you know, for, since 2016, it did fall to what 110 or 115 during COVID, and now it's at 273. But you know, now it's it's in a it's just an upward trend. So it'd have to pull back for me to be to about 250 bucks before I find any interest of owning this thing, which is strong, that should be strong support. So I'd wait for a pullback. If you don't get a pullback, I'd just look elsewhere for something else because it's, it's you know, you're chasing the performance at this point. You don't want to chase performance. Now, to achieve financial freedom, you will need the right information and effective strategies. You've got to deal with market volatility. We always talk about that every day. Market volatility, fear and greed, you got to deal with that. Up and down, up and down, and how much how much fear do you let control your decisions? How much do you let greed control your decisions? And you know, sometimes it's very difficult to know that that's happening. Do you know what is control, controlling your, what emotions are controlling you? Can you identify it? So we'll talk about that if you like. 888-99-CHART is my number here. The trivia question today concerns a forecast-sized rankings of world economies. You know, the top 10 world economies, what are they? You know, they're, they're not going to be exactly the same as they were before COVID and after COVID. So that's going to be the trivia question. And since it's Friday, I am going to share some highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. And we do that every Friday. What did the market do today? Down. Dow was down 185. The Nasdaq down 119. The S&P down 30. To me, it feels like this is a case of you know, buying the new, buying the rumor and selling the news because we've had really good economic, I mean, numbers and really good earnings numbers this week. Uh, we had a lot of data come out and they were all good and the market sold off. So that tells me that everybody knew that they were going to be good and they bid up the prices beforehand, which they did. The market's been very good this whole quarter, except for the last couple of weeks. It's been going kind of sideways. So, you know, I think that's all it is. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see any big correction. Uh, I don't see a bear market, but we should have a correction. It's, we're, we're already overdue for a correction this year. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. We are headed into a quick break, and the Invest Talk Anytime listener line, line is now open 888 99 chart. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. 888-99 chart. Let's talk to Jason in Long Beach. Hi. Hey, Jason. How's it going? Hey, Steve. Doing just fine. Thank you so much for taking my call today. You're welcome. Appreciate your call. I appreciate it. Uh, awesome. I have a question on Clorox. Um, just want to add it for a long-term play. It's near its 52-week low, and I did pretty bad this quarter, so I just want to see what your thoughts are. Thank you. 
Okay, Clorox symbol CLX uh, manufactures cleaning products, trash bags, water filtration systems, and food items. It's not my favorite space because it's a pretty low growth, no growth area. Uh, they pay an okay dividend of 2.4%. They are a big company, $23 billion, so it's huge. They have a hard time growing, though. They did grow for like four quarters. This most recent quarter was flat. The first quarter this year, flat, no growth. Um I just don't – to me, there's no catalyst for it to really do well, and it's got lots of debt. So it's not something I – has great cash flow or very steady sales and earnings. I mean, the earnings are very steady. They slowly go up pretty consistently. Um, but it's nothing exciting about this company that's going to drive it to the next level. So uh, for me, I would probably exit. It's already you – know, I see it's fallen – from a high of 239 to 182, had a bad day today. Um, if it breaks below, this is what I do. If it breaks below 176, because that's a last support level, I think I'd give up and get out. So if it holds that, if it goes back to 200, that's going to be a lot, a lot of difficulty going higher than that. And, and that's, I, I would see if it holds here at 176. If it starts to creep back up on you, I'd use that as a, a point, a place to get out and go find something better. That's what I would do. Appreciate the call, Jason. Thank you. Okay, let's go to um, Oshi from St. Louis, Missouri. Oshi. How you doing? I was Good. talking about SDIV. Been trying to get into dividend stocks lately. Uh, just been looking at it. It's an ETF. It looks like it's... Uh, has a lot of room to come up from its pre-COVID highs. They've been paying a good dividend pretty constantly for the last five years. It kind of went down a little bit during COVID, but it's starting to rise again. It's been having um, higher lows. So I just wanted to know uh, how you, what you think about it. I looked at its holdings and just really didn't recognize any of its holdings, which is kind of preventing me from buying it. But I don't want that to really stop me from getting into it. Yeah, there are probably a lot of foreign, right, foreign companies. Yes, yes. It has a lot yeah. of global exposure. I think it's about exactly. China. Yeah, so there's that's why you didn't recognize the names. This is a, this is a ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Selective Global Super Dividend Index. So its focus is dividends, okay? But I would tell you that global dividends are not nearly as... I want to say uh, stable as U.S. dividends. That doesn't mean they're bad because you can get like European or or Indian big giant companies that are pretty stable in their dividends. But usually, you know, that you can get some volatility. This pays a six point six percent dividend, and the only reason why you do buy it is because of the dividend. And it it does look like it's slowly moving up. The most it'll probably get up to is about $21, $22 a share. That's the best you're going to get. But that's a pretty good percentage when it's selling $14.15 now. So I think it's, I think it's a, pretty good, a pretty good position to have in your portfolio. Uh, it goes ex-dividend or already went ex-dividend on April 5th. So I don't know when the next dividend payout is. Did you know what it is? It does, yeah, it, it looks like it's paying a monthly dividend. Monthly? Oh, that's even better. I like that a lot. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it as a position okay. in your portfolio, I think I'm a, Jason. I think I'm start a starter position in it and then just kind of watch it on long term. Yeah, yeah. Just put a little on now and just see. OC, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. My focus point today concerns this story. President Biden wants higher taxes on inherited property to pay for his American Families Plan. Now, I, whenever I hear any politician talk about increasing taxes for the rich, I want you to perk up your ears because that usually means middle class. Okay, and I think this particular proposal is going to hit a lot of middle class people. And we'll talk about it. We'll get into some details, explain why. I mean, he'll, it has been explained by him of taxing for wealthy people. Well, I'll explain why that's not just going to be wealthy people. I wish they would tax the rich. The rich are people like, uh, people like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, uh, uh, all those guys that have billions of dollars, hundreds of billions and billions of dollars, those billionaires, they don't get taxed when they say they're going to tax the rich. You know who they tax? They tax the middle class and upper middle class. High income earners is who they tax. That's not the, that's not the same thing as the rich, in my mind at least. Anyway, we'll talk about this particular tax when we get back. Um, so I'm going to get into that story so what do I have? We have a couple things. We've had a really good numbers out. Did you see the income numbers for March? The income for March went up 21.1%. That is ridiculously high. Why did it jump? Because of the package put out there by uh, the, the latest spending package by the federal government. They gave us, what, $1,400 stimulus checks or credit cards or whatever it is? So that remember in March or the month before was a shrinkage of seven percent, which was also a very big number. Why was there a big shrinkage? Because the previous package passed by Trump giving us a lot of money. So we got odd numbers coming out here. His spending went up four point three percent. The month before it shrank one percent. But I've been keeping an eye on the core inflation numbers. Core inflation is up. Four-tenths of 1%. It was up in February up one-tenth of 1%. So March, it jumped to four-tenths of 1%. Inflation is starting to rise in every place, everywhere. Okay, you're listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we're we're already into the second quarter. So 2021 is moving right along. So with all the changes we see happening, it is important to remember that during time of market uncertainty, the task of building your financial freedom must continue. You cannot afford to backslide. So we'll talk about this. Your participation is very important to the show. So we are taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Look at the calendar. We're already moving through the second quarter. The market has been interesting, and serious investors need to bring their best game. Invest Talk is here to help. The phone lines are open 888 99Chart. And when you download the free Invest Talk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name is Lewis from Palm Beach County, Florida. I've had the opportunity to speak to both of you in the past, and I really appreciate the insight and information that you share. 
I was wondering at what point I should start thinking about establishing a trust and what are the pros and cons to having a trust. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Well, it depends on how complex your estate is, really. I mean, if you have a very simple estate, you have you know, a savings account, an investment account, and one house, you really don't need a trust. Uh, do you have a bunch of kids, two different marriages uh, that are going to inherit your estate? Uh, do you want to have control of what's going to happen with your money during your life when you get old but you can't make decisions for yourself? And after your life, after your life, still want to have control of your assets, where they go and how they're distributed? You know, a will would do that in a lot of ways, but a trust would be more, is better. So it depends on how complex the situation is, you know, and whether you, you know, so you can give them, when you get, when we all get old, we're all going to be there, right? We're all going to pass away at some point. You want to have somebody in charge of your estate while you're still living, living, but you don't have, you know, your mental capacity or your bedridden or whatever. And a trust is ideal for that kind of thing. Okay, so it depends on you, really, what you want. But the more complex your estate is, the more you need a trust. And I'm not an expert on trusts. I'm not. So you might want to talk to a trust lawyer. But I'll warn you, as soon as you talk to them, they'll say, oh, yeah, you need a trust. Because they like to get paid. So, yeah, so be very careful about that. My focus point today concerns the story. President Biden wants higher taxes on inherited property to pay to pay for his American family's plan. Okay, so, okay, what does that mean, higher taxes on inherited property? So that means... You work all your life, you have your property, you want to give it to your family, right? Give it to your children or whatever. Well, guess what? They may have to pay taxes on that. And we're talking about capital gains taxes. Before, as it stands now, when someone inherits a piece of property from you, they get what's called the stepped-up value of that property. So at the day you die is the value of that property. That's when they inherited it. So they don't owe capital gains tax when you bought the house. Well, he wants to have capital gains tax on that uh, property now. Okay? Uh, so, something happened to my computers here. Um, okay, got it back. So, now, he says, well, wait a minute. It's only for properties of a million dollars. Okay. So, now. You might think, many of you might say, well, that's not too bad. So, you know, properties over a million dollars, those are big, expensive properties. Not in California, not in Northeast, not in a lot of places. A million dollars, you can't buy, a, a, you can barely buy a condominium for less than a million dollars. So what happens if your parents bought their house 30 years ago? And they paid twenty, thirty thousand for it. Today, it's worth a million five. Because it's Southern California. Don't think that's not unusual. It's not. Houses in San Jose, old houses built in the 50s and 60s, are worth $2 bucks, and they're just a little stamp house. So, what happens? Well, okay, they bought it for $30,000. Your parents, when they first moved in, now you're inheriting it. Maybe you want to live in it. Well, you can, 
but you're going to have to pay capital gains. If it's worth a million five now or a million two, anything over a million profit, you have to pay 30 40%, whatever the tax rate's going to be. I don't know what it is. They haven't, we haven't, that hasn't passed. Of that right now, give them a check. Okay, so if it's, let's say it's 300000 over a million. Well, 20% of that, that's what the capital gains is now. Long-term capital gains is now 20% of 300000 Okay, come up with $60,000. Write a check. Can't? Well, you got to sell the property. So I, I don't like the idea. I like the way it is now where you inherit, you know, it's, you inherit your parents' estate and whatever it is, stocks, bonds, property, at a stepped-up value. And now that you own it and it goes up in value, you know, you can pass that on to your family, your children if you want to, or you can sell it and get, you know, get your inheritance that way. I don't like them attacking inheritances. Okay, I don't, I don't like it. You know, and it really, really kind of ticks me off. Why don't you go after the truly wealthy people? You know, there's such a thing that's called a 1031 exchange. Have you ever heard that? That's where you can sell a property and buy a equal or higher property at uh, uh, without having to pay taxes on it. Well, that's helps people when they buy an office buildings and rich, rich people that buy high rises. Why don't you go after those people? Leave us alone. Anyway, the COVID-19 pandemic has shaken up the rankings of the world's largest economies after sending many countries into their worst economic recession in recent history. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. How much did the list of the world's top 10 economies change from 2019, before the pandemic, to now? What do you think? I'll have the answer for you after the other break. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. Got a question for Steve or Justin? 888-99-CHART. I'm in my early 20s, and I'm thinking of doing something that every article I read says not to. I noticed it took quite a fall. Yes, I know it's extremely risky. I have a little mixed feelings about this stock. And I wanted to see if this could be a riskier payoff in the long run. For the unprepared investor, market volatility around the world demonstrates risk. It remains a very, very tough business. But opportunities wait for no one. And now may be the best time in years to invest wisely. We got a lot of things cooking out there that we that the market has to think about. To invest strategically. We've moved very far, very fast. It needs to consolidate. KPP Financial Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein host a unique weekday finance and investment program and podcast, Invest Talk. Listen live or download the free podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, 
You can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Friday, and the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow. So you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is here, and he's taking your calls live. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Okay, buddy, I gave you a trivia question before the break. Okay, how much did the list of the world's top 10 economies change from 2019 to now? How much change was there? Okay. So the data came from CNBC, by the way, where they compared normal gross domestic product and U.S. dollars across countries provided by the IMF, International Monetary Fund, World Economic Outlook, that database, okay? So United States, China, Japan, Germany still came up the top four spots on the world's list, okay? So U.S., China, Japan, Germany, and then uh, India, okay? So the list did not change a lot. But some rankings have shifted as a result of the pandemic. While one country, Brazil, fell off the top 10 list, and a new country, South Korea, joined the top 10 list. So save the time, here's, here's what the list looks like. So in 2019, as I said, U.S., number one, China, Japan, Germany, India. Now it's U.S., China, Japan, Germany, and United Kingdom. Top five. Okay, so that's the interesting. Brazil fell off and India came on. Kind of interesting. Uh, anyway, so that's uh, that's the that's the trivia question. Let's go to Rahu in North Carolina. Rahu, Rahu. Hi, Steve. Uh, thank thanks for taking my call. I'm a regular listener, and uh, thanks for the knowledge you share on a daily basis. Uh, my question is around Panasonic. This is a good. A very good play in um, the electrical uh, electrical uh, uh, cars. I mean, they're 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 a major manufacturer of batteries for uh, Tesla. Right. And I mean, they're completely much cheaper than any other player in this uh, in this industry. Uh, okay. I just wanted to. I was just wondering, what are your opinion? What is your opinion on this? Okay, this is a foreign company, and I just saw it for, for everybody's information. Whenever you see a symbol, and the symbol for Panasonic Corporation is PCRFY. Whenever you see a symbol ending in a Y, that's a foreign company, and it's traded over the counter. Over the counter, not on the exchanges, over the counter. Pink sheets. They used to call them pink sheets. I don't know if they still refer to them as pink sheets. Because they used to be on pink sheets, but that's a whole other thing. Um, but Panasonic's very big company, $29 billion, Japanese manufacturer of appliances, automotive, and industrial systems and solutions. 
and they have a big deal with with a partnership with Tesla to build batteries. Is that the did they build that in Nevada? That factory? Do you remember? Rahu? I think they're building a new factory in Nevada. Yeah, a, a battery factory. And they didn't finish that, huh? I yeah. thought they were done. Anyways, uh, it's not expensive. It's eleven dollar and eighty two cents stock. It uh, doesn't pay a dividend. They make eighty nine cents a share, up from sixty four cents last year. So, um, so they're they're t- you're looking at what a fifteen sixteen PE uh, return equity is twelve. Very good cash flow, two dollars thirty eight cents a share. They do not have a lot of growth. Um, and that might change in the next couple of years. But right now, they don't. But it's still a fairly reasonable price. So you really can't buy this for the dividend. You're buying it for possible future price appreciation. And the highest it's ever been is about fifteen sixteen. Okay, so like in uh, 2018, they made $91 a share, and the highest stock price they got was 16 So it's 11.82. So if it got if it went up that much, that's like what a huge 40 percent, 45 percent increase. So I think it's a fairly good bet. You know, I, I don't have a uh, you know I don't like it being on the pink sheets, but it's Panasonic, so it's a really huge company. So it's not like you know one of those fly by night companies. It's solid, so I don't have a problem with it. You know, but. Should you buy it now? Let's take a look. It has a lot of support right in this area, right in the $12 area. It dropped below a little bit. So I would wait. We know what I would do is wait to see it come up and start to move up. Don't buy it while it's still moving down. Wait till it turns around and starts to move up three days or so, and then I'd be a buyer. Hopefully it doesn't spike up. Hopefully it just turns around and starts to rise. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Rahu. Let's go to Eric in Virginia. How you doing, Eric? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Appreciate the call. Yeah, thanks so much for um, everything you guys do. I had a question for you about um, earnings. I know uh-huh. that Justin had been talking about how um, with how many blowout earnings we're having right now, and the way yep. that um, a lot of the market has responded has been kind of negative, or you know, selling off to that. Would you right. say that's just a buy a rumor, sell the news kind of situation, or what is that kind of telling you about the near and you know potential medium, you know short to medium term for the market? Uh, it's telling me that it is buy the rumor, sell the news, and it tells me that we're probably going to see a correction. Now, a normal correction is ten percent from the high. We haven't seen too many normal corrections the last 10, 15 years. I mean, we usually get maybe five percent, then it turns around and goes back up. But I would really like a normal correction because I think that would be a great buying opportunity for anybody who hasn't got in. Um, but I, I think it's a buying opportunity. It feels like to me that we're trying to move toward a uh, a, a weakness in the market because it's been kind of, you know, it hasn't really fallen. It's just weak, right? I mean, it hasn't really, yeah. especially in the tech area, it's kind of weak. And it had great numbers. So why is it weak? Well, that's because everybody knew they were going to be great or felt they were going to be great, and now they're selling off because they are great. Well, they're going to be even greater next quarter. And frankly, you want to know the truth in my opinion? I think, Eric, they are going to be greater next quarter. (laughs) I think it's going to be a very good earnings quarter. That's why I don't think we're going in for a bear market. We're just in for some correction, some noise. Okay? Appreciate the call. Thank you. 
On Friday, I generally uh, set us some time, give you some a quick rundown on some of the benchmark numbers. The two-year Treasury yield is at 0.162. And just so you get a perspective, it was 0.157 last week. The 10-year Treasury is 1.6%. It was 1.56% last week. So that's yielding a little bit more. Also, so the spread between those two is healthy, pretty healthy. Gold, $1,769 an ounce, $1,769 an ounce. Last month, last week, $1,785. It went down a little bit. Silver, $2,591 per ounce. It was $2,605 last week. Oil, $6,340 a barrel. Last week, it was $6,221. So went up. Why would it go up? You realize, of course, we know the economy is expanding and everything, but we got plenty of oil, way more than we probably need, and yet the price is going up. I know it's anticipation of higher demand and unfriendly policies out of Washington on oil. We know that, right? But why would it go up? And we know the electric car is coming down the road with or without Washington's backing. It's still coming. And there's going to be less and less demand here in the United States for gasoline. We know that. Talking about gasoline. California, it's $4.02 a, pound, a, a gallon. $4.02 a gallon. Nationwide, two eighty nine. That's up a penny nationwide. California, we, we are, we're always paying through the... And it's going to be costing more. Our, 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 our state government can't seem to not want to increase taxes on gasoline. They want to gas tax it out of existence, what they would prefer to do. And so, you know, you have to either uh, pay it or leave California. And, oh, by the way, Ohio, $2.78. Why Ohio is $2.78? There's no oil there. The KPP newsletter, which went out to subscribers today, it goes out every Friday about the same time, around noonish, you know. So, and I always put a lot of information in there. The first part of this week's was I mentioned that it was light on uh, economic news, but it came in heavy toward the end of the week. I gave you a little bit of it. I mean, uh, income and sales, personal income per, and sales, uh, uh, personal income and uh, retail sales, up big, both of them. Uh, I reported that the GDP came in, what, 6 plus percent, 6.4 percent? And that's huge. That's huge. They think or some of the experts are saying it's going to be bigger in the second quarter. I can see that. Also, you know, uh, what else came through? Core inflation was up. All the inflation numbers are up, everybody. And the stock market, though, remains in an upward trend despite a couple of weeks of sideways movements. The market is itself is overdue for a correction. But with the season's earnings looking so strong, I don't, it's hard to imagine a, 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 a bear market. It's just hard to imagine how that's going to be with all the central banks around the world spending money, right? World economy is recovering. The COVID vaccine is spreading. It's hard to imagine with those three major issues that we're going to have uh, uh, either a recession or and or a bear market. I just not yet, not yet. By the way, we are planting the seeds for one down the road, but it's pretty far down the road at this point. 
Okay. And so, you know, I, I, the portfolio management section, I talked about fear and greed. I talked about, you know, what, your style of investing and you got to find your own style. Like Warren Buffett is a deep value investor. You know, he hasn't been doing very good in recent years, but he's still the world's best investor. But you got to find your own style. What kind of what kind of investor are you? You have to discover that, and then you know, and go with that. Uh, stock ideas: world's largest iron ore miner had there listed. I also looked uh, give you a company, a brokerage firm, discount brokerage firm, big one, big big one, and I like both those as stock ideas for people. And consumer watch payment protection insurance. You know what that is? It's payment protection insurance. If you borrow money, a personal loan, you can get payment protection insurance on that loan, which will pay back if certain things happen. Don't buy that insurance. Don't. It's a waste of money. Don't get a personal loan. That's that's my first recommendation. Don't get personal loans. They're expensive. And they're really not needed if you learn to control your spending. It really is. But I talked about payment protection insurance gives you some uh, pros and cons, mostly cons. <laughs> and that's the newsletter, everybody. If you want to get, if you want to per- participate and get one every Friday, you go to investtalk.com and sign up. Investtalk.com. Let's go to Andreas in Los Angeles. Andreas. Hello. Yes. How you doing? Hi. Hi. I, I had a question. Um... I was looking at Roche Holding, R-H-H-B-Y. Um, uh-huh. I, I, I was looking at it. It seems like fundamentally it's good. It, uh, I mean, it's a slow grower, has nice cash flows, but it seems to be trading at this $40, $41 range for a while. I was just wondering what, what your take on it. You think it could be a good okay. value, or what do you think? Okay. Roach Holdings Limited, the symbol R-H-H-B-Y, and you told me bef- you heard me before tell you that when anything symbol ending with a Y means it's a foreign company, foreign company, so it's traded on over-the-counter, not on the exchange. That's Roach is from Switzerland. Switzerland-based developer of therapeutics, preventative and diagnostic agents, treatments, and various disease. Uh, they are very steady. They make two dollars. They made two dollars and sixty-seven cents last year, two dollars seventy-nine cents next year, uh, this year about the two dollars sixty. So it's really steady. They don't have much growth. There's just not a lot of growth. I will say in the two recent quarters, fourteen percent increase in sales, though. Not sure why. I'd have to look. It might be COVID related. Might not. I don't know. Um, but it's a forty-dollar stock selling with for with earnings of twenty-seven. $2.79, that means it's a, a, what, a 20-ish, um, 18-ish PE. And the range is 10 to 23. Very good return equity, 61%. Small dividend, 1.9%. Huge cash flow, $24.61. So if there's really – mutual funds are kind of net sellers in the last year because there's no – these drug companies sell on their pipeline. If they have something coming out their pipeline, their drug development pipeline, and that is very, very positive for the company to have future sales and earnings growth. Roach has not got a very good pipeline, even though they're spending like 20% on research and development. 
So it's not my favorite. I would there are other drug companies I like a lot better. Let me put it that way. Appreciate the call, Andreas. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Be happy to talk to you. Uh, we talked about capital gains tax earlier uh, in the week and earlier in the show here. So that's the biggest thing that it looks like to me that they say they're, it's only for the rich, but it's really not for the rich. It's for the higher income earners. Okay? Middle class and high income earning class, not the rich. See, I, I think they keep defining the rich as just regular well-off people, people that have a good living, that make a good earn, earnings income. Not rich. To me, rich are people that have, you know, 10, 20, 50 million dollars in the bank. They have, they own office buildings. They have whatever, or they have own huge billions of dollars in stocks, hundreds of millions of dollars in stock positions in the company they own. Those are the rich in my mind. And why don't you tax them? They don't. Because those people don't take income, high income. They don't. So that they can't take higher income taxes. They, they do different things. And you know what? Neither side, Republican or Democrats, are going to ta- tax them. Just not. 888-99-CHART. Get your questions in. This is Invest Talk. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin and Steve. This is Daniel from Pueblo, Colorado. Just a quick question. What do you think of Walmart as a long-term hold? It does pay a dividend, but it seems a little pricey. Like your perspective on that. Love the podcast. Listen every day. Appreciate it. Bye now. You're right. It's expensive. Walmart, WMT. But I don't think I need to explain what they do. Uh, WMT is a symbol. Make $5.88 next year, and it's $139 stock. So it's expensive. You know, PE ratio range is 14 to 28, and it's what, 25, 26 right now? Turnick was very good at 20. Cash flow is very strong at $9.48. Uh, mutual funds have been slowly buying it over the last year. It's a great stock to have in your portfolio, but buying it now seems a little late after a huge run-up. So I would wait. I would. Pro- it, it pulled down from 153 all the way down to 120 here in the beginning of March. Now it's 140. So right now it's at the 200-day moving average. If it breaks above 142, that that would be on a chart a buy point because it's breaking up. But it's probably going to hesitate around 150. I would rather see you buy it at the 126, 127 area if it goes down or maybe the 130. If it goes back down there, that's where you would want to pick it up. If we get a correction, it'll probably go there. Remember, that's if. Positive, we're gonna have. No one really knows. No one knows. It, 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 you know, if you had a crystal ball, maybe we'd all know, but we don't. Okay, the billionaire investor named Leon Cooperman, he's a billionaire, been around the market for a long time, was interviewed recently because he's supposed to be smart. 
He says he is fully invested. He is a fully invested bear, meaning he thinks the market's going down. He said that within a year from now, the market will be lower than it is today. Now, that's a pretty easy thing to say. No one really knows. He's reading the tea leaves. I don't know. I can't tell you that. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me the market had a big rally up, you know, sometime later on this year. But next April, the market's down. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, remember, he said it a year from now. Well, you know, we're this is the last day of April. So it wouldn't, you know, a normal thing, everybody. There's this old saying saying that, that goes like this. You go away in May. Go away in May. Because June, July, August, there's usually a, a, a pretty deep correction. That's historic, historical. Whether it's true every year, no, it's not. But that's an old saying. And it wouldn't surprise me we have a weak summer and a strong fall. Wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, the market has a seasonality. The last three months and the first three months of the year are usually the best months. The middle six months of the year, usually the worst months. A lot of people think the worst month is September. Uh, and actually, it's probably October. But also, October is known to have hit the bottom, hit a bottom, and rise from there. So there's all these things. If you look at history and look at the, the, the patterns that are out there, this is pretty common stuff. I'm not telling you any secrets. But you also got to remember it's not always true. Not always. So you can't, like, trade on this information and think, oh, I can get out of the market, in the market, out of the market. It really doesn't work very well. It really doesn't. Once you get out of the market, the hard part is, well, when do you get back in? You have to make that decision. That's very difficult. When do you get back in? Most people get back in way too late, so they shouldn't have gone out in the first place. That's what that means. Stay invested in the market. You can trim. You can rebalance. You can slide, move positions over to a different sector, you know, favor one sector over another. All that is possible, but try to time in and out completely. It does just not, just not work. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we appreciate your participation in the program. Remember, tell your family and friends about the free podcast. We will. This will turn into a podcast, a podcast a few minutes after the show. Now, you can browse by podcast topics, too, if you want. You have 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate, growth stocks. So that's a tip your, your friends and family might appreciate. Independent thinking and shared success. This is the best talk, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-1234.
1-800-227-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 